Are we going to address Chris Harrison? Yeah, we should fight about it. <laughs> okay. I don't know what I mean by that. <laughs> if you want to defend Chris Harrison, then, like, be my guest. I'm not doing that. I have a lot of feelings about it. Should we just air it out, get it out of the way? Like, Yeah, let's just start with it. Start recording. I already started. Oh, word. Okay, cool. Let's start here. This is the beginning of the episode. Um, we're now always doing cold calls. Now that the show has stopped doing the cold, cold calls? calls. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> Teacher brain. Now that the show has stopped doing the cold open, we are going to start doing a cold open. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Here's my feelings about the Chris Harris. and the. Let's book. just set it out for anyone who maybe is not like deep in the abyss of bachelor nation. So basically Chris Harrison, um, host of this fucking show. We've all like kind of known that he's like at least a registered Republican for a while. Um, based on like his liked tweets, apparently, um, basically. So there's this contestant, Rachel Kirkconnell, who we think Matt ends up with and, Things have been surfacing online about her being racist. First, it was about some high school bullying. And then there were, like, pictures of her, like, at an antebellum-themed frat party. And then I think maybe also, like, posing with a Trump flag in the, in the back. Just, like, you know, bad vibes. Um, and as she more clearly becomes the front runner, um, people online are getting more and more vocal about it. So Chris Harrison is being interviewed by Rachel Lindsay, um, first black bachelorette on, I don't know, extra, I think. And Rachel Lindsay asks him about, you know, the like racism allegations against Rachel Kirkconnell. It's confusing because they're both Rachels. And Chris Harrison just loses his fucking mind defending Rachel Kirkconnell. He says the woke police are coming for all of us. (laughs) Yeah, no, he says the woke police. I... Only watched maybe 10 seconds of this. No, it goes on for 13 minutes. At one point, Rachel Lindsay just kind of very gently points out that going to an antebellum-themed party isn't a good look. And Chris Harrison says, well, it's not a good look in 2021, but this was 2018. Yeah, that's all I saw was that exchange. And I was like, Chris Harrison, you're a doofus and you're wrong. But I was like, should we cancel him just or wh- whatever? Should we cancel him or fire him or whatever it means just because he has like a smaller frame of when race became a th- like I felt like he was saying I only learned about racism in 2021. And Which I is bad. Like, That's bad. But we should be like welcoming him to learning about racism in 2021 instead of like canceling him for being late. That was my feeling. But I did not know that that interview went on for 13 minutes. It goes, so it's I 13 minutes of Netflix. him like yelling over Rachel. Um, he, yeah, he says the woke police several times. He keeps calling Rachel like that poor girl, Rachel. Um, he, oh, what else does he do? It's bonkers. He, at one point, like, interrupt Rachel, Rachel and is like, well, who are you to judge? Um, what else? He, there's something else really bad that he does. Like, the whole thing is just horrible. Oh, and then he, like, completely fucking gaslights and says, like, the real problem here is, like, the online bullies who are, like, tail, tail, blah, 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 tearing this poor girl's life apart. Which also, I think I maybe heard that quote, too. And I also feel like, to some extent, I agree. But... Given the context, I'm not defending Chris Harrison by any Mm -hmm. means, but I do think there are things within this that are not all black and white. I think that, like, we also need to kind of acknowledge that, like, if we want to be effective anti-racists, we can't just bully, harass, and shut down every person who is racist. Like, anti-racism isn't shutting down racism, it's educating and inviting and like persuading and conversing with people who are racist and that's like honestly one of the reasons that I love watching The Bachelor is because I'm like it's so flawed but it's easy for us to critique and use it as like a litmus test for like where the world is right now and to we've talked about this on the show before that it helps us like 
to me, it's like helping me understand the hets and it's like, what's going on in heterosexual world. And it's like actually a pretty accurate representation. I feel probably of what it is like to be heterosexual in that world, Republican, like this world that I have no access to. And I feel like it is important for us to have productive dialogue between people who have differing opinions. And I thought that maybe this, not opinions, that's too mild, like differing perspectives of the world and where race is in it. Like, I felt like maybe The Bachelor as a franchise was trying to grow and learn. And I didn't think it was doing a good job. But I do think we need to celebrate the fact that it's making an effort. And I felt like this particular moment in the story when everybody just shuts down and turns on Chris Harrison. And again, I'll say like, I didn't have a full image of the story. But I I was interpreting it as this moment of everybody shutting down a person who actually is part of like an effort to better something. That being said, I am also at the same time conflicted because I'm not convinced that you can actually better something like this. I think maybe we need to burn it down to the ground and just cancel The Bachelor. Like, I don't think there's a world in which The Bachelor is like a racially progressive show. So I feel conflicted. And I guess I just wanted to say that like, it's fucked up that Rachel Kirkconnell attended that party that she does and says all of the awful things she's done and said on the internet but I don't think we're, we're like any better than her for making fun of her for it. We're just having fun or whatever. And it is at a human's expense because she is a human being. And potentially that is also a problematic thing to do. I think the thing with Chris's interview is that he really, I mean, he could have just fucking said something like, oh, well, like, we don't condone anything she did and like are waiting for her to release a statement or like, Oh, like that stuff isn't verified or like there were a million ways. He's a savvy like TV host. He knows how to sidestep a question. And for whatever reason, he decided that like now was the time to like warn everyone about the woke police and ask Rachel Lindsay who she is to say anything. And like, you know, just like all this, like very racist shit. Um, Absolutely. And I think probably he like snapped because his like precious TV show had been under scrutiny for a while and was trying to diversify. And I think he was afraid probably that he was going to lose some of his power and privilege. And I think that he is probably like trying desperately to maintain his stance as like such a unhated person and I think he probably had been living in fear for a little while that like this hatred that he was seeing online because he'd been addressing online bullying on the show for a while especially during during after the final rose it's been coming up like a lot I think he was probably really afraid that like the internet was going to turn on him and I don't think it has and it has exactly and I think he just kind of dug his own grave and I think he is um he probably was like self-sabotaging because he, we know he knows better than to do that. And for whatever 20 years, how long has he been doing this? Like forever. Too long. Way too long. He's been so good at sidestepping and evading these, any, any question that makes him uncomfortable. And he just lost it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it really felt like a um, a conservative cry of rage. <laughs> and yeah, absolutely. I guess, okay, so I fully agree with your statement that, like, anti-racist work doesn't mean just, like, shutting out and, like, making fun of other white people who, like, say and do overtly racist things. However, I guess especially, okay, so, like, as a card-carrying communist, <laughs> uh, here we go. I fully believe that, like, it's absolutely, like, part of our responsibility, like, as the working class to educate each other, right? Because, like, the ruling class will never educate us the way we need to be educated, right? 
Couldn't agree more. However, I think that like, that means that I need to be having conversations with like family and coworkers, not Jeff Bezos. And I would categorize on a scale of like my dad to Jeff Bezos. I think Chris Harrison close to Jeff, you know, like falls on like on the Jeff side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Love you, dad. Not an example. Just first like white man I could think of. Um, so I feel like, yes, like if, if, if Chris Harrison was just a random dude saying this stuff, then I'd be like, okay, now's the time for a productive conversation. But as a like multimillionaire in a, like, Ooh, I farted in a (laughs) significant position of power. Mm Mm-hmm. Canceling him means like taking him off national TV and he'll go live on his fancy ranch with his celebrity wife and like probably still have a pretty large consolidated fan base. Like I, I agree that like, it's kind of fucked up to like dox people who just have like normal ass jobs because it's like an unemployed racist person isn't better than a fucking employed racist person. I mean, I get it if they're like a teacher or a nurse or someone like in charge of people's livelihoods, Mm -hmm. but I agree that like in that situation, yes, it is like our responsibility to say like, okay, let's have a conversation and like talk about like history and like capitalism and like racism and blah, blah, blah. And our class interests. However, I don't think that's the case for Chris Harrison. I think he can suck a dick. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I agree that he it's it's good and right that he stepped down and I don't really have an issue with making fun of him. I, I'm not saying that like his fear of making fun of him, like is an excuse in any way. I mean that like everything that I said was just trying to psychoanalyze him. No, um, totally. This is <laughs> my God given right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, but I think that when we think about Rachel, which um, Rachel? Kirkconnell. Okay. Um, I think that, um, it's an interesting thing for me because she did decide to do this thing knowing full well that all of her like dirty laundry would get dug up. Like there was no, there was no way that she was ever going to go on the show and not have to deal with people going through her social media. Like that's why people go on the show is to get more people to look at their social media. Um, So I, I feel like the fact that she's being canceled for celebrating slavery um makes sense and is her responsibility but I also think maybe it's also a window for us to think about you know what is a productive way to respond to things like that is it the right way to respond to like send her like death threats and just like hate on her or is there a way we can be like all right guys like let's look at this as a moment that tells us something about Southern life or white rich people life or cis life. Like, yeah. And like how that's like fetishized in history. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I think it's like. Telling that um, in her world, in Chris Harrison's world, in so many people's world in 2018, that was okay in their sense of how the world works it absolutely by no means was okay in my world or your world or most probably if any of our listeners world, like, or anybody's world, like anybody else's world. But I think there's something to be said for like this learning moment of saying, wow, in three years, a couple people's, not a ton of people, but some people's minds have totally shifted about what's okay and not okay. And I wonder if there's a way we can like collectively use that as a learning opportunity to say like, all right, what has happened since 2018? How did we get there? How can we keep doing that? Like there's a moment of growth that we should celebrate and nurture. I just don't know that even in 21, either Rachel Kirkconnell or Chris Harrison, especially Chris Harrison, actually think that doing that thing was wrong. It feels to me a very sorry I got caught 
situation. I'm more inclined to believe that Rachel will learn something because she's younger and the apology she put she she put out was like less of a shit show. But I think I'm not sure the difference between 2018 and 2021 is like a massive like sea change in consciousness. It might just be that they got fucking caught. That is completely fair and probably true. But I mean, I do think there have been, you know, ideas that were more fringe are now less fringe and that's good. But I I don't know. Oh, the other thing is that like I, as far as I know, like people are like being mean about her on Reddit. But as far as I know, like the actual bullying hasn't been like some horror show where her life is ruined. Oh, I I don't know why I did, but it, maybe just because Chris was so worked up about it. That's the thing. Is that, like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel... Know, you know? Huh? Like, he would know. If she's getting any sort of harassment, he would be the first to know, you know? No. That's the thing, is that I don't think people are, for the most part, going online and saying horrible things about her and, like, sending her death threats. I think they're saying, hey... It's fucked up that in the first season with a black bachelor, this racist white girl is like getting such a good edit and probably winning. And in I'd my like opinion, <laughs> huh? I'd like to believe you, but I just don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I haven't like gone into the cesspool of Reddit and like looked, but I just, I guess. Okay. Here's the deal. Listeners. I recently started working at an abortion clinic where we get protested most days and we have like a special number to call for bomb threats and stuff, stuff like that. And like, Right now, I just, like, don't really give a shit about anyone being bullied online for the consequences of their own actions. See, I... (laughs) That is absolutely just a position that is fueled by my own anger and hate. (laughs) But there we are. My job is to take youths who say not great things and help them to say better things. Um, and to forgive and love all of my students, even when they do awful things. And also I've been teaching kids about restorative justice lately. So I guess we all have our own baggage that we bring to the table. And I think the, the kind of takeaway here is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, the takeaway here is that, um, it is a great thing for the world that Chris Harrison has stepped down and hopefully we fill that void with something beautiful and progressive. Um, Rachel, I hope is learning and growing and modeling for other people how to learn and grow, but she should also be held accountable for her actions as well. And the world is messy and complicated and racist. Who do you think should replace replace Chris Harrison? You. Well, as your appointed Chris Harrison replacement, I would like to pass that on to Franco LaCosta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Potential, potential Chris Harrison's let's, Franco is definitely a contender. I want like a, a gay comedian to take over. Um, like Joel Kim Booster or like um <laughs> should it just be the, the host of the Great British Bake Off? Just oh, all of them. Oh, oh Noel. Oh my god. It should it's be Noel from Great British Bake Off. No further Oh my god. No further suggestions will be accepted at this time. <laughs> Oh my God. You know, Olive, you and I have started a lot of campaigns on this show. But this <laughs> one takes the cake. Okay, you literally took the cake right out of my mouth. Were you going to make that same pun? <laughs> We're just two, two peas in a podcast was the name of our last episode. We're just two um, pounds in a cake. To rectify this, we're just two um, <laughs> smears of cream cheese on a bagel. Say that again. 
We're just two smears of cream cheese on a bagel. We're just two halves of a bagel, two slices of bagel. We're just two bagels in a pair of bagels. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're two (laughs) toppings on a sandwich. (laughs) Fillings? Stuffings? What do you call them? Ingredients? Yep. Uh, (laughs) Shall we begin our recap? Yeah, we have not that much time. Um, All right. (laughs) Lightning round. (laughs) Um, all right. So my first note just says Heather should have prepared for this. Um, oh yeah. Speaking of bullying, what are your thoughts on Heather's situation? I I don't have. Yeah. Okay. So Heather shows up in a wedding dress and can't open the door. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, she walks in and interrupts Piper's date or Piper's Mm -hmm. conversation. Piper goes back to the group, all verklempt, and... All verklempt? Yeah. Is that fair? She was verklempt. No, that was just, like, a really good vocab word. I'm impressed. It's Yiddish. Um, (laughs) And then um, Heather and Matt talk, and she explains that Hannah had said that they would hit it off, which I couldn't relate to the way he was like, damn, well, if, if Hannah says that we'd hit it off and, and Hannah knows both of us. Maybe I should blow this whole thing that I've been doing and dump all of the other girls that I'm seeing. <laughs> um, I kind of get where his head was at. Cause that was kind of his reaction for a second. And then he came to his senses and sent her home. But before that, before that, Heather goes out to see the other girls and say hi, and they just like mercilessly attack her in some of the most like catty, like wild television. Um, hey, Amelia, can I tell you something? Can you? Sure. Maybe I'm just very fucking desensitized from both this season and the world, but it didn't seem that bad to me. Really? There was no. There was just like, like I just felt like uh, Jasenia was like on one. I can't. Jasenia was on one, but I was kind of on one with her. Yeah, you just love Jasenia. I do. Um, Serena C called her a virus, and I was like, Serena, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that was unnecessary, although possibly <laughs> accurate. I, I mean, she she probably quarantined more than anybody else. Also, maybe it's just because Heather is a puppy dog, and when she got sad, I got sad. Yeah, I felt for her. Like, I don't hate Heather. I definitely felt for her, but I guess I just feel like after the horrible bullying we've seen this season with people being called, like, sluts and horrors and, like, being yeah. accused of being sex workers when they're not and, like, just being called, like, stupid and, like, all these things... No one was, like, really attacking Heather's whole character. They were just saying, you shouldn't be here. We don't want you here. And I kind of agree. She shouldn't be there. And I think it's fair for them not to want her there. Now, like, could they have taken the the high road and, like, not been catty? Like, sure. Like, I don't think they were right. I just don't think it's as bad as some people are making it out to be. Like, even, like, even Yesenia's comment about, like, oh, so, like, it didn't work out with Colton, so now you're trying again. Like, that's categorically true. (laughs) Yeah, right. That was the thing. Yeah, they were making fun of her for, like, I, okay, so I felt like the go home, you're not welcome here. I get it. She should have known that was coming. It was wild that she was so surprised that they said that. Yeah. Um, but I did feel like the way it was Jasenia and somebody else too who had been like, oh, so you're just like, ba- oh, they." I wrote down the word bachelor hopping. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, she was on two seasons of the show. So many people go on Paradise multiple times. Like, come on. I don't but know. But it's different. Going on Paradise is different from just showing up in the middle of another season. Okay. I guess. More importantly... Was Matt wearing sparkly moccasins? I did not see. I swear to fucking God, he was wearing sparkling moccasins. I can't believe I missed them. Oh my! I'll go back and screenshot it for you. Thank you. Up next is the rose ceremony. 
a tragic rose ceremony if I ever so saw sad. It was Fucking massacre. When, when it came down to just a few, and I was like, but they're all good people, except maybe Serena C. Yeah, uh, which reminds me, do we want to dedicate this episode to Chelsea or Abigail? Personally, Chelsea, I don't, like, care about Abigail that much. What? I don't not like her. I'm just not, I was never invested in her. Oh, my gosh. Now, hearing you say that makes me want to... <laughs> To go to Abigail. We can hear. I'm dedicating the episode to Chelsea. You can dedicate it to Abigail. Okay, sounds good. I just thought it was so cool that we had deaf representation. Um, and she's so sweet. And whenever she's sad, she's sad with her whole face. And she also always had great outfits. And also, she was really honest and direct. And I really appreciated the way she was like, "What are you doing, Matt?" And I felt like she was slighted because he was just like his his defense of why he hadn't progressed things with her was lame yeah I actually I did like her in that conversation and I thought it was kind of fucked up when she's like oh I just like feel like you know like our relationship is behind and he's like why do you think that and I'm like because she's the only person you haven't given a one-on-one to and you explicitly chose to give a second one-on-one to Serena P instead Like, what do you mean? Why do you think that? Because of your actions, Matt. Uh, I got to say there was, there still hasn't been a single moment where I'm like really feeling like Matt knows what he's doing. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. I guess the thing is Chelsea, I love her, but she was never going to win. She's too good for him. Um, And I'm grateful that Chelsea is single now and she can call me. Yep. You can email me at butchelerpod at gmail.com. Chelsea. Up next, <laughs> um, it's time for that that one-on-one, that controversial one-on-one between oh. Serena P and Matt, which another- Based on a cracker. Um, I'm sorry. I know that this might make us like the woke police or something, but I am very sick of the cultural appropriation on this television show. And I we don't need a white girl to teach us tantric yoga. Um, and- call it tant like say tantrum and say they're having a tantrum different words different cultures um and also like i just i did some digging on tantric yoga i don't have any expertise to talk about it but like i feel sus about this white lady teaching it on the bachelor and it's like the third time they've done that they always do a tantric yoda tantric yoda i'm here for a tantric yoda (laughs) i'm not sure how that would work yeah Um, Oh, at one point she used the phrase, I know this sounds really yogi and weird. And I was like, so you're just saying that actual yogis or people with expertise or people who practice this professionally are weird. And yet you're the one who's going to do it on The Bachelor. It it sucks. Yeah, the whole thing was super exoticizing and also super not okay for Serena. Yeah. Hell yeah, Serena P. Um, yeah, I really liked her. I didn't really, I just like, didn't really get a good feel. Like I didn't get anything from her on her first one. One of this one, I really liked her. I feel the same way. Um, and so did Matt. She was so badass the way she was just like, I don't like this. There's a scene where he goes in to kiss her and she does not. Um, and I am like, has this happened or I know it's happened before, but it's been a while since we've seen the bachelor go in to kiss someone and she doesn't reciprocate. And I think that's awesome and empowering hashtag girl boss. <laughs> that took a turn. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I've been saying it ironically so much that I've now said it <laughs> almost non ironically. I was still being ironic. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, all right, if you guys want Amelia to stop saying hashtag girl boss, email us at bushlerpod at gmail.com. True. Then they go on this talk and all she talks, all they talk about is how she hated that and he loves that she's honest about hating it. And I felt like they had the most non-conversation conversation. And then I realized it was actually kind of cool that he has really not been doing that bachelor thing where he like pushes the girls to overshare or share something really personal it's been a while since we've even heard anything really intense or personal from anybody. 
Um, and the closest thing we got in this episode was Brie being like, I quit my job to be on this show, which like absolutely does indicate further mental distress, but like um, is not trauma. But like also what? But also it's not trauma. But also she, she should not do that. And I am concerned about whether or not she's okay. <laughs> you had a lot of feelings about that. I have too many feelings <laughs> about everything. <laughs> I'm just activated today. I don't even know. Oh, um, let me look at my notes. <laughs> up next, there's this really great little B-roll scene of him on a Peloton. And it made me um, wonder if Matt James and uh, Joe Biden used the same Peloton trainers. And that brought me joy because I do think the two of them probably have a lot in common. I'm trying to think of like a joke where the the punchline is a crossover between QAnon and Peloton. Ooh, well they rhyme. That's yeah, that's as far as I've gotten. Um Culaton? Pubanon? Pubanon? <laughs> no, not Pubanon, just Pubanon. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. That's when that's when there's just like, you know, like one pube on the toilet seat. You don't exactly. know where it's from. Pubin on. On the on the on the exercise bike before you get to it. Oh no. Anyways, let's change the topic and talk about Kit. What about Kit? She left. She went to Matt and she was like, uh, I know we've been talking about my future, but I just don't know if I see you in it. And uh, I thought that was badass and bold and empowering. <laughs> <Hashtag> girl <pop. laughs> I just, Kit read these lines like she was in high school being forced to read a play. I don't agree with you. <laughs> I, okay, so I've been very activated lately because I've been having nightmares about the time that I was cast as Juliet in a production of Romeo and Juliet in high school, despite my explicitly auditioning for the role of Mercutio. Bad gender, terrible gender. And I was a bad Juliet because I was specifically built to not like whoever cast me just like made a mistake. <laughs> like, I think they looked at me and they were like, this bitch can memorize a lot of text pretty quickly. Um, but I've been having these nightmares that I'm like on stage in like the white dress and I can't remember my lines. And I saw that in Kit's eyes in this moment. Damn. Maybe, I don't know. I didn't have that that powerful of a moment with Kit, but I did get feel like she was being earnest, but who knows? I think she was being earnest. I don't think she was not being earnest. Oh. I just also think that she had very earnestly decided what to say ahead of time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, Which we like, both Good. You should do. Like, yes. She was too good. Like, she was too, like, level-headed for this show. She yes. was, she definitely was like in her room, like deciding what she wanted to say and how. Yeah. Um, yeah. Taurus life. Um, see, I have my hashtag girl boss. You have your like hashtag everyone's astrological sign. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Is the, is the Sagittarius Capricorn cusp saying hashtag girl boss? <laughs> Up next, your girl, Jasenia, goes on a silly date with a guy whose job is being a professional drifter. That sounds, I would love to professionally drift. Just right? drift away. I wish so much that someone had told me that was an option. There was, uh, at Bard College, a Facebook shitposting group called Bard Drifting that was just pictures of cars drifting. Wait, I didn't know about that. I can try and add you. Maybe it's still active. <laughs> So people were trying to tell me that that was an option. It was like all the grody film majors. I've only drifted once and it was on accident and then I had to pay for it. 
Was that when you were trying to get to the DMV in the snow? Why do you know me so well that I <laughs> know the answer? Also, Sarah, friend of the pod, was definitely listening and thinking the same thing because she's always roasting me for that too. Professional roasters? Up next um, is the last rose ceremony. We get a, another rose ceremony this episode because we're just knocking off ladies. Um, and um, Piper goes home, which surprised me because I don't remember who Brie is or have any memories of her existence. She's the one he almost murdered on the ATV. I don't even remember that date. It was her. That was the first one-on-one, so that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I don't. I can't think that far back. Yeah, and I just feel like Piper had a real relationship with him. I don't know. Yeah, I like Piper. I wasn't surprised because I saw a meme spoiling it before I watched the episode. Oh, well. But I empathize with you. Um, Is there anything else that we need to talk about from this episode, or shall we assign our Rosebud Thorn? Uh, Let's go for it. Oh, Michelle's toast at the end. Did you watch to the end? Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. I was going to bring that up in a moment. <laughs> I'm okay. We can wait if you have. No, I was just going to give her my rose. Yes. She also gets my rose for that toast. Um, I also just want to, she gets my toes for that roast. I also just want to say. Or, I'm sorry. I was going to give her my bud because of that. Oh, okay. Well, she, she can get all of them. I was going <laughs> to say that I had in my notes, Michelle's toast and as I was reading my notes, I was like trying to remember like where we see Michelle eating toast. <laughs> People don't eat on the show, but we do see them exercise um, and drink champagne. I love that. So listeners, what happened was um, they're all making a toast after the rose ceremony. It's like after the episode is over and um, Michelle is like, I'd like to make a toast. And then she just, She's like, but first I need to make sure I look good for the camera. So she just in her gown, like does a bunch of push-ups, and it's just like this badass power move. And also all of the other women there are like, damn, you're so cool and funny and great. All the other women are more turned on than they've ever been in their entire lives. Also, that was a direct roast at Matt because Matt does that. Oh, I didn't get that. Yes, no, that was in addition to being funny and a power move, it was very clever and kind of mean. Damn. Which is oh, great. that's so bad. Okay, she gets my and my bud. Here's okay. here's the thing, is that like when I think about Rachel Kirkconnell just like in an isolation chamber, it's like whatever. Mm-hmm. But then so I mean, a lot of people think that just like because of how the show is handling this and protecting her, she probably wins. Oh. And when I just like watch Piper get sent home and I watch like Michelle fucking just like be her amazing self. And then I think about like Matt choosing Rachel and like specifically him, like taking her away after the group take, like go have a special time and like kind of torturing the other women with it. That's when it starts to really grind my gears. Yeah. In a bubble, it's one thing. Um, I do though think We've got Rachel, Brie, Michelle, and Serena left. Yes. Michelle, what? I said yes. <laughs> Michelle and Serena are just like both way too good for him and also have no qualms about showing that. Like Michelle and Serena have both like turned down some of his advances. They've both like slowed him down a little bit on him being like, really into them and they've also both established the fact that they're too cool for him and I'm really here for that dynamic um but I think it's unlikely that he actually ends up with either of those two because of that because he wants to be like the alpha in a relationship like you can yeah I think you can just see that in his person Yeah. And I think also that neither of the two of them are really so into him in the way, like, I think, I'm sorry, 
I think Rachel is the only one who gives me any sort of like fawning over him energy. And I think that if you're going to be on The Bachelor, you're probably looking for someone who fawns over you. And the fact that he even found two people on this show who treat him like a human, who's maybe like an equal to him, is actually kind of mind blowing. But that's not really what you go on the show for. I just, I mean, honestly, like, it kind of felt like a horror movie this episode with all the, like, nice Rachel time. Like, it felt like watching Get Out. Wait, I didn't feel like Rachel got that much screen time. She, well, she got that, like, special one-on-one time. Where, like, after the one-on-one date, he gives her the group date rose. Yeah, but he doesn't get a one-on-one. But he gives her the group date rose, and then they go to a concert, like, by themselves. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. She does get a, a I'd say she gets an equal amount of fair, of screen time to the other three that are still on. But like, it does feel eerie watching all of that and knowing what's going to happen and knowing that they don't know what's going to happen to her. Right. Yeah. There's, I agree with you about the get out vibes for sure. And I feel like next episode when it's going to her hometown, like that's going to be wild. That's going to be hard to watch, bro. It is. It's going to be. Yeah. There's a lot's going to happen. And I can't wait. Also, it looks like they have a skydiving accident. What? I didn't know about that. In the coming things. I think it's probably just just like some teaser, but there was definitely like coming next week. And then footage of like skydiving going poorly and like EMTs running. Oh, no. I mean, it's probably nothing. Um, But we'll see, I guess. Um, we gave out roses and then did not finish the, uh, okay. the plant. So buds. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I already kind of gave mine to Michelle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give mine to Piper because I'm excited to see what she does after this, like in paradise on Instagram and beyond. You know, didn't see you choosing someone who's not on the show anymore. <laughs> but okay. I'm quirky like that. You really threw me off, threw me for a loop. I was like, there's such a limited number of options and you really went outside the, the list. <laughs> um, uh, and you also gave your rose to Michelle, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of giving my rose to Serena um, also, though, because... I just felt like she blossomed. In the she way did. She does. Um, and so, yeah, so my official, my official decree is um, Bud goes to Michelle, Rose goes to Serena. Um, what about our thorns? There's so many options. I mean, of the, the contestants who are left, uh, Rachel is a no-brainer. I want to mix it up a little bit, though. What about giving our thorn to internet bullies? Now you sound like Chris Harrison. (laughs) What if we give it to Chris Harrison? (laughs) I think Chris Harrison definitely is getting everyone's thorn this week. But since he has so many thorns already pricking him, I feel like we can find some other victims. So definitely Rachel gets a thorn this week. Like, don't dox her and send her a death threat, but, like, I think she gets a thorn. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, let me make that very clear. I want to be really clear, listeners. We're not telling you to prick her with anything pointy. We're not telling you to send her thorns in the mail. We're not telling you to threaten her with thorns or to use thorns on her. We're just saying that in our metaphorical ritual, she receives our metaphorical thorn. Yeah, we're just expressing our displeasure with her. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then who else can get a thorn? Should that be my new, like, suck a dick? Like, get a thorn? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, capitalism. Oh, you know, this is an advanced thorn. Okay. Whoever's family brought a fucking baby to Nemecolon in a pandemic. That baby is going to fucking die. Well, COVID, does COVID kill babies that much? I mean... Maybe not that much, but I also feel like babies don't fucking leave the house and go on reality TV shows that often. I mean, yeah, but it's better than hiring a sitter. (laughs) 
You know what? Thorn to everybody who traveled during a pandemic for this show. All of them. COVID. Thorn to literally every single person who did that. So, yeah, they don't know a ton about how COVID affects newborns. But I just saw that and, like, all the alarm bells in my head went off. The entire act of traveling is ridiculous. And I think babies in particular should be taken as a wake-up call to take your lives more seriously. Um and to maybe take health risks more pet seriously. So yeah, absolutely. I really have to pee. Okay. And I'm also very hungry. Did you have any other games you wanted to play? So Oh, you I, needed to get you need to get on your rat. I don't know what you're saying to me. <laughs> you said you were going to go on a rant. I think I've we, I've ranted so much. Okay, we can save it. No, okay, here was my idea for a game. Um, this was the closest I got. So this lady or they go into this tantric yoga date, and this lady's there, like, let's like start by having a tantrum. And so I was thinking something you and I should do is have a tantrum. And by that I mean just like being let it all out. All of these thoughts, all of these feelings about um this show about racism and violence um and about um representation oh one thing i'm definitely on a huge thing about right now is just that i'm so fucking sick of everybody on this show being skinny and i think it's toxic and bad and um we i just wonder how different all of this would be if we just had like one fucking fat person on the whole show um and i am available and i um just like am so sick of the way that that is just not even a thing that's not even a thing that we're talking about that's not even that's not even on the radar and as we talk about representation as we talk about like how to make this show better not a single person is even thinking about that it feels like and not a single time have they even brought on like a fucking even even slightly chubby visitor or guest and it's like they even will like they'll bring on a gay guy they'll bring on a people of color they'll bring on fucking like tantrum yoga girl but they can't they're just so fucking afraid of fat people on the show and it fucking drives me crazy it's like not acceptable at this point and I said I was just going to scream about this and not rant about this and that I was going to have a tantrum instead of saying actual thoughts but I guess I have a lot of thoughts and I will close on this note that you can't think about or you can't talk about trying to racially diversify without going back to the root and looking at the racist values and the values that you perpetuate that are rooted in racism, such as fat phobia. You cannot say that you are trying to improve the racial politics of the show, I guess, or the racial representation without also acknowledging that it is racist and it is rooted in racism that you are not bringing on fat people on the show. Thank you for coming. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Do you have anything you need to tantrum about? No, yeah, I fully agree. Like the body standards that the show did not invent but do enforce are super fucking racist. Um, Let's see, what else? Yeah, and it's also like, it's bonkers. Like even if you, so let's let's say for for a minute that we actually buy into the idea Mm -hmm. that the point of this show is to find love Mm -hmm. and that you can find love on the show. Mm-hmm. it's wild to just like for like the producers and whoever to just decide for like any given bachelor or bachelorette that the person they are going to marry is going to be thin and fit. Like your husband is in this room and they have a six pack. Yeah. Your wife is in this room and she weighs 120 pounds. Yeah. Like that's just like a wild amount of, um, like control, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And even like the, like, you know, we've never seen people like we've never, we've never had an indigenous person on the show that I know of. We've like, there's a whole lot in representation that's missing um, beyond this, but it does. When's the last time we had a Jew? You know what? I thought for the longest time that Rachel Kirkconnell was a Jew, but she's not. Oh man. <laughs> that was that was the most disappointing thing about her. R.I.P. 
I don't know. Have we? Like, maybe we've had, like, some closeted Jews. Oh, oh my God. How great would the show be if Hometowns was Jewish Mothers? Um, yes. Jewish? I'm looking it up. I'm sorry. You can pee soon. But I this week on Juicy, Jewish contestants on The Bachelor. <laughs> what? Juicy? Definitely a Jewish male, I'm sure. I'm sure we have. I feel that. like maybe... Isn't like Jared, who's married to not married to Ashley Jewish from um, fucking Caitlin Bristow season, like a long time ago. Um, I don't know. We apparently, oh yeah, there was a David um, on someone on Becca's season was jewish this is just straight up a christian dating show because also keisha kicked someone off for not being christian right so really also we need to acknowledge the fact that this is a christian dating show that doesn't really like to acknowledge or identify as a christian dating show well olive i think it's time we start our own reality tv show that only features queer fat Jewish people of color. That sounds not problematic at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then when its ratings get really high, that's how we'll stick it to ABC. <laughs> Do you have any last notes or things you want to say? <laughs> oh, God. Um, Do I have any last notes or things I want to say? I mean, listen, there's next week. It's not really a last note. No, it really isn't. I hope it's not. Um, I may, if I have a snow day tomorrow, I may be able to actually help edit this episode. <laughs> That's, we're still recording. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we don't need our but insider. That's like our person. Breaking down the fourth wall. A we're going to like air our dirty laundry out in front of our listeners. The dirty laundry where you do all the work. I just want to like put all of my, <laughs> my hands on all of the listeners' ears and say like you're you're you should have heard that. Okay, well apparently it's time for me to stop talking and start peeing. So, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> stop talking, start peeing. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll see what the producers decide. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Mm-hmm.